I don't know what's going to happen in the coming days and weeks and that sort of thing, but don't stop. Keep going. Keep doing it. I know we're probably three weeks in now, and, uh, and I know Heidi uh, said this last week. I think she, have, she sort of apologised that she wasn't going to go any further into the prayer than the first line or two. I'm the same. Uh, in fact, I'm, something that really stood out to me in Pastor Brian's message a couple of weeks ago when he started this, uh, his second point was um, knowing his name. And uh, it just hasn't left me uh, since then. So I just really want to do my best to open that up a little bit more and, and speak on that this morning. Uh, amen. So let's just start off here. Psalm 148, verse 13. It says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. So his name's exalted, his name's glorified, amen? So in Old Testament times, geez, I'm gonna need this the whole day. In Old Testament times, a name was not only identification, uh, but an identity as well. So I'm gonna be doing this all day because I brought the wrong ones. So uh, many times a special meaning was attached to the name. Um, you know, names described among other things uh, character and behaviour and, 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 that, and that sort of stuff around, around someone's life. So, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, what everyone's name here necessarily means. I know my name means gentle and perceptive spirit. So I'm generally, I think, unless you disagree, fairly gentle, <laughs> genteel. Um, so Archie. It means bold and courageous. So we actually named, you know, not to be over-religious or anything, but we named our children more about what the names meant than the names themselves. And, uh, and, and if I've got this right, I remember we weren't really in agreement on Archie's name. So I started looking through for meanings of names. And as soon as I saw bold and courageous, I went, that's it, Archie. You know, and that's sort of how we picked Archie's name. Um, so, you know, Jacob in the, in the Bible uh, was, uh, his name meant deceiver, supplanter. Uh, and that's, you know, although God changed his nature and God changed him later on, that, that's what it was. There's a scripture in, uh, in 1 Samuel about a gentleman by the name of uh, Nabal or Nabal, I'm not sure how you say it, uh, but his name means fool. And the scripture goes, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. So names have meaning. Um, so uh, names reveal our character. And throughout Scripture, God reveals himself to us through his names. Um, so when we learn these names, when we understand these names, when we study these names, we better understand who God really is. You know, who our Father really is, like uh, Alex was saying. So the meanings behind uh, God's name uh, and His name, sorry, reveal His personality and His nature. So this is awesome. So here's some of the names of God. And I know uh, we've been talking a little bit about this, but the more you look into it and the more you research, I just think the more amazing it is. And uh, when we understand the heart and the nature uh, of God for us, and when we get a revelation of this, what that can mean for us. So El Shaddai means all-sufficient one, Lord God Almighty. 
And this refers to God completely nourishing, satisfying and supplying His people with all their needs, just like a mother would a child. So it's one thing to say, El Shaddai, uh, my all-sufficient one, God Almighty. But when we begin to understand what that really means and, and delve into the, the name and, the, and that, that word, El Shaddai, uh, it, you know, to me, it's you know, nourishment, supply, just like a mother would a child. You know, what mother, you know, when, when Lila's crying uh, and wants food, we don't ignore her. You know, there's, there's this mother... I'm a bit daft sometimes. I'm like, what's she want? What's going on? <laughs> Heidi knows exactly right there. You know, there's this thing. It's like, nah, she wants food. She wants this. She needs sleep. She needs a nappy change. You know, there's that instinctive thing in a mother that knows what the child needs. And this is God's heart for us. He is our sustainer. Amen. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. So Jehovah, um, and we probably know this, but Jehovah means the existing one, Lord. It means to be, uh, to exist, uh, to become known. And when you look into a bit more, it's God who reveals Himself unceasingly. So Jehovah, our God, is revealing Himself to us unceasingly in all sorts of different ways. It's, it, there's no, and when I heard, when I was reading this and I was like, wow, this is not, God's not speaking to me right now. God's gone silent on me. It's maybe the other way around because God's trying to reveal Himself to me unceasingly, consistently, all the time through my wife, through my kids, through creation, through the Word, through whatever it is. And maybe it's me that's a little out of line or not listening or not seeing or there's something there that's a blockage because God is revealing Himself to us unceasingly. So that's Jehovah. Shalom um, comes from the word uh, shalem, meaning complete or sound. So the Lord is peace. It means complete or sound. And shalom, or, um, it means peace or absence of strife. So it's just so awesome, you know, that we can just think, oh, God is our peace. But then there's so much more built into that word shalom uh, and not that I'm any sort of a scholar, but I've just been reading through this this week uh, that uh, he, he, he is our peace, but there's so much more. It's the absence of strife in our life. You know, how, how many times do we feel all sorts of things going on in our life, whether external or internal, it's like a strife. But God is our Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. And if we get a revelation of that, it can begin to change the the dynamic and the internal way that we think and we feel and we come to God. There can be that absence of strife. And that's found in Judges 6. Jehovah Nissi, what's that one? Banner, Lord our banner. Uh, or Lord my miracle. So Nissi means banner. And we find this in Exodus 17 verse 15 where Moses recognises that the Lord was Israel's banner. Uh, under which they defeated the Amalekites. And he builds an altar named Jehovah Nissi. Uh, it is also translated as pole, a pole, uh, with an insignia attached. So in other words, in battle, opposing nations would fly their own flag on a pole uh, at each of their front lines. 
And what this did was it gave soldiers uh, a feeling of hope and a focal point. So yes, Jehovah Nissi, He is our banner, but it's, it again expanded so much more than that. He's our light. He's our focal point. Uh, he's the one I look to when strife is going on in my life or all sorts of things are going on. There's like this banner that I can look to and see that will bring me through and, and give me hope and give me direction. So this is what, you know, and this is three of 20 plus names or whatever there is in the, the, that God reveals Himself, particularly in the Old Testament. But this is what God is to us, Amen. Uh, he's a banner of encouragement uh, to give us hope and a focal point. He's our peace. He's our healer. He's our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's all these things. So there's a power and a strength and a protection really that comes from knowing Him and knowing His name. Um, Pastor Brian said in his message, most believe, but very few know Him. So who is God to you? Who is God to you? Is He just a thing? Is He just an it? Uh, is He just something that we pray to? Uh, who is God to you? He's our most high God. He's our all sufficient one. He's your healer and He's your provider. He is our Abba Father as we heard last week. He's Jehovah I don't know if I can is saying this right, Raha, the Lord our shepherd, but it means our friend and our companion. It's just so awesome, it's so good. So knowing Him, having an intimate, unbreakable relationship with Him, will help build and establish a relationship where His kingdom comes and His will be done in our lives, on earth and in our hearts and in our lives. So knowing Him this way is vital uh, for now and in the days ahead. It's not getting any easier out there. Amen. And, uh, and the dimension and the depth of relationship that we have with Him will carry us through in the days ahead. You know, when we, when we know that He is our provider, that carries us through. When we know that He is our healer, when we know that He is our peace, that is what brings us through, carries us through. And if we don't know that, we don't have that to hold on to. So all these other things begin to take place in our hearts and our lives. You know, when for the young guys, you know, when we're not with mum and dad, when we're not with our youth group friends, um, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what conviction is stored up on the inside? In fact, this is for anyone, not just the youth. You know, when we're not with our, you know, our, our group of friends or our buddies and we've got support and all that sort of thing, when we're alone, what is the conviction of your heart? What is it that makes you make the right decision or leads you to make the right decision? You know, what is it that, that holds you? Uh, what is it that makes you stand when those sorts of things come? It's, it's what's been built. It's knowing Him. It's knowing who He is. This is why this is so, you know, vitally important. Knowing Him will carry us through even in the midst of intense battles. Uh, in fact, it won't even just see you through because uh, in Daniel it says, you know, those that know Him, uh, He'll give them strength and 
great exploits. So it's not just uh, knowing him and, and just getting through, just, you know, just getting across that line. Oh, made it. Oh, oh good. There's more than that. He'll give us strength. You know, he, he, he brings us to this place where we'll also do great exploits. Amen. So this is the God we serve and knowing Him, knowing Him, knowing His names, understanding Him is so important. So when we know Him, a few points. A few points. Hey, look at the smiles, you know, in 10 minutes we're done. <laughs> uh. That was funny because as soon as I said that, I looked up. I won't name names, but there was about five of you that were like. (laughs) 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 Ah, Good. So number one, when we know him. And I don't only have three today. I've got more than that. (laughs) When we know him we become like Him. So when we know Him, it shapes us. It directs us. Uh, Romans 8, 29. Let's have a look at that. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So when we know him, it shapes us, it directs us. There's a call to become more like him, to be conformed to his image. Uh, The more we encounter him, the more we have, and the more we have a revelation of him, the more we become that. You know, and we've we've heard this said, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, what we behold is what we become. You know, the revelation we have, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, so going back, you know, um, Moses had a revelation of God as his banner. Um, um, Jacob had a revelation uh, and, it, and it began to uh, um, dictate, I don't know if that's the right word, but it began to direct them in a certain way because of the revelation they had. So, you know, there's this call to become like Him, to be conformed to His image. You know, Moses became the revelation of God that he received. God revealed Himself as a deliverer. Moses became a deliverer of Israel. And we heard a bit about this last week, you know, in Heidi's message. The 20 plus names, whatever it is, you know, I had Googled it to see how many, you know, names of God and there were so many different answers I didn't know. But well, there was, when I counted up what I could find, there was way more than, there was more than 20. But some said 70 and some said 50 and so who knows what the answer is. But God revealed Himself in so many different ways and really when we think about it, God is, uh, if we can put a limit on the names of God, then I don't know, God's infinite. You know, God can reveal Himself in infinite amount of ways to us. And uh, so, you know, whatever, however many names of God there are, whatever it is uh, that express God, particularly in the Old Testament, but all that played out and expressed itself perfectly through one man, which was Jesus. And that's just so awesome. Jesus was the epitome of this of becoming like His Father. 
He completely represented His Father. John 14, 8, 12 says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. This is Jesus talking. The words Jesus spoke were not of His own initiative or authority. The Father had given them to Him. He'd become like Him. The Father abided continually in Jesus. Number two, when we know Him, we're transformed. So transformation is a powerful theme really throughout the Word. Knowing Him, having an encounter with Him begins the process of transformation. So knowing Him, having that encounter with Him begins that transformation. And there's story after story after account in the Word of where someone has encountered God, encountered Christ, and that beginning, that, that process of transformation has begun. That, that revelation of who God is has begun and it's just begun to do something amazing. So transformation is a powerful thing. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So there's a transformation that begins to take place. You know, I know, uh, you know, the veil that can be over our eyes sometimes is just amazing. And, uh, you know, and, and, and having that, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Having that daily revelation of Him, uh, daily knowing of Him, going deeper with Him, begins to remove the veil over our life, begins to remove the veil maybe over certain areas of our life where we think maybe we're so right where we, where we, where, or whatever it is, but the veil begins to be moved and it's like we see the light. You know, even talking, you know, um, if you don't mind, sorry, I'm picking on Alex a bit today, but um, just talking to him last week, it's a, his story was just so good to listen to and so awesome that it was a little bit like that where it's just small things that, that brought him to this place, but it was like the veil began to be lifted off. And, you know, and, and, you know, anyone here, any one of us could tell a story about where the veil has just been lifted off, but it comes by knowing him and it comes by that encounter, whether small or large, that's where it begins to take place. So there's a, a story um, Hold on, sorry. So the demoniac had a legion of demons tormenting him. Even being completely bound, it could not stop his encounter. And, uh, and I'm not sure if someone said this before, or it's just my theory, but I just really believe that there was something in that man, the demoniac, that... Uh, that uh, no matter where he was at, it didn't matter what, like there was so much going on in him, there must have been something small in there of a desire or a call or something that drew Jesus to him. Does that make sense? So um, doesn't matter where you're at this morning, doesn't matter how bound, how broken, how deep the hole is, how, whatever, whatever it is that we can be going through, it doesn't matter the state of it, uh, if there's just something in our hearts, um, Jesus can fix it. Jesus can come. The, the Lord can come and sort it out. So when we draw in, near to Him, He draws near to us. So, you know, even that demonic had a, had a legion. I think that's a thousand. Is that right? 
A thousand devils, imagine that. Most of us here probably got one or two. I don't know, but a thousand. No one's perfect. Someone, we've all got something. But imagine a thousand completely tormented, completely shut down, shut down to the point where people couldn't even pass through to get to the city. It was that shut down and locked up. But uh, one encounter began, to, or not began, it changed it. Changed it, amen? So life has a way of attaching unwanted goods. But when we know Him and transformation takes place, it must be more than a change of behaviour. Transformation is total change. Transformation is internal. Uh, it's the absence of strife, Jehovah Shalom. Acts 3.19 says, repent and be, confer- be converted. So repent, you know, to me always meant a 180 degree turn. I was going this way. So repentance isn't I'm going this way and I repent and I change the exterior and my outward behaviour and I keep walking this way. Repentance is like that and then completely turning around and, and going in the other direction. And, uh, and repentance is, is, well, it's not. It's much more than just outside behaviour, although that is part of it. But there's got to be an internal change. There's, there's got to be that internal change. Romans uh, 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Corinthians 5.17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that's transformation where all things become new. So uh, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Not, a, not just a... I hope I'm not being misquoting Scripture, not just a changed creation, but a new creation. You know, like completely new, completely turned around, completely transformed, completely healed, absence of strife. Um, You know, that's transformation. The old things have passed away. Uh, The old things have gone, they've passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's just such a powerful Scripture. All things have become new. So good. Point number three, when we know Him, there is a change in our position. So when we know Him, when we know who we are, let's read Ephesians 2. I'll read, I'll... We'll read all of Ephesians 2, but I'll, I'll skip a bit of it. I'll just read parts of it so you get the gist. And so we're talking about how when we know him, there's change in our position. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's verse 1. Jump down to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is talking about our position. Verse eight, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. 
not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Verse 11, therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what it is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That's a bit confusing. Uh, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That's what it was like. No hope, an alien of your nation. No hope without God. But now in Christ Jesus, uh, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So this is talking about our position. We're once lost, good person, whatever it is that, you know, good person, bad person, doesn't matter. We were lost. We were far away from God. And uh, no hope, but through the blood of Christ, we've been brought near to Him. We've been given a different position, a different standing, a different place. And when we know God, when we understand who He is uh, and, and, and really just get it and have that revelation, it completely changes our position, completely changes our stance. It completely changes everything about us. And uh, um, so, yeah, verse 19. Uh, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You know, this is where we stand. This is where we are when we know Him, when we have Him in our hearts, when we accept Him. So when we know Him, our position changes. You are part of the household of God. You're not an alien. You're not an orphan. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, we're in and we're part of the household of God. Romans 8, here's some homework for you. Talking about your position in God. Read Romans 8 starts off, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. It's talking about our position in Him and it goes on to talk about the soul and the spirit and just the most amazing part of Scripture, I think, um, piece of Scripture is Romans 8, but it talks about your position. We are seated in heavenly places. So also talking about our position I was just, just really had this on my heart as well. And I, this is probably for, well, it's for everyone really, but particularly I just want to point out the men on this one um, about our position. And I just really wanted to challenge particularly the men um, uh, and talking about our position and standing up. Um, times have changed. And we, uh, we can no longer be absent. We can no longer be vague. Uh, and we can no longer, if this is, hope this is okay, leave it to our wives. Uh, we need to work as a team. We need to work as a partnership. But men have got to stand up. And, uh, and we need to know and we need to stand up into our position in Christ. It's a must. 
Don't think someone else will do it. We've, we've got to do it. You know, the enemy has a plan. And the enemy's plan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I know that sounds very harsh and, you know, full on, but it's true. He roams around like a roaring lion. He's not, but he roams around like it. But sometimes we allow him to think that he is a roaring lion when he's not. And, uh, you know, this is a bit of an odd story, but it just... um, some, uh, someone sent this clip to Heidi and it just, I don't know, just really opened this up for me. But um, there was a, a really brief thing about a, a convicted serial offender, very bad one, with young people. And uh, his name was Jack Reynolds. But he was asked this question, what sort of characteristics do you look for in a, sorry, I'm trying to reword this, in a victim, in that, in that person? And the answer was really interesting. He said, I don't look for the characteristics in the, in the victim. I look for the characteristics in the family, particularly the father. And it just really, I was like, oh, wow, this is how the enemy works. Um, you know, if I, and he, this is what this guy said, if I perceive the father to be a threat, I stay away. So what I have to say today is you need to be a threat. Uh, you know, and it highlighted two things to me. One, this is the strategy of the enemy um, to steal, to kill and to destroy and, uh, and to get in and sow seeds and do all that sort of thing. This is talking about all of us, but particularly our kids. And, uh, but secondly, am I a threat? Are you a threat? And don't take this the wrong way. I'm talking in a good way. You know, someone was just telling me this morning how he you know, got a bit of a fright last night and heard a bang and there was a guy standing at his back door, all right? That's when you need to be a threat, okay? No, no niceness there, okay? So uh, there's times where we've got to stand up in the right way and, and be a threat, particularly, um, well, I just think blokes got to do it, got to do it. And, uh, you know, masculinity is something that's being so attacked in our society now that, uh, that you know, men feel like they can't be like that. Now, there is the wrong type of threat. Please don't get me wrong, okay? And if that's you, you're a buffhead. all right? Seriously, grow up, grow up. But there is a threat that is right and there's a threat that's protective and there's this, this threat that can cover and protect. And, uh, you know, we can't leave it to someone else. We can't leave it to, you know, our wives. So Matthew 13, have a read of this. Hope this is okay. It's talking about our position. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable he brought forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. This is what is like happening when we're not standing in our rightful position. It's like the enemy comes and sows seeds and then goes. And then comes back a little while later, sows something more and goes. And before you know it, all hell's breaking loose because someone and I'm again just talking to the men this morning, but it's for everyone, is not in the right place, is not in the right position. So we've got to be able to see with different eyes. 
uh, have some conviction or something on the inside where we're a threat to the enemy. Amen. So, um, you know, men and families, we need to be a threat to the enemy. Um, men, we need to know our position in Christ and be a threat. So I know this word, the more I'm saying it, I'm thinking, oh, shivers, maybe it's a bit harsh. But that's what it's got to be like. We've got to be like that. You know, I know we've heard this, you know, you know different times. And I know Heidi does uh, Taekwondo. And, uh, and sorry, I'm probably uncovering her a little bit, but sometimes she can be a little like me, but genteel when she's punching that bag. And Remy's there like, pretend that someone trying to take Lila. And so, and Heidi's like, ah! You know, and goes like that. This is what, we've got to have that on the inside of us. You know, a, a bit of that. So the enemy sows and go, goes his way and then comes back. The enemy sows and goes his way and it's in all sorts of different ways. And, uh, you know, I take my hat off to any parent, past or present or future, because it's a tough gig. Uh, but, uh, and you've got to be on it. Um, but this is what we've got to be like. The world is a crazy place and it seems that every turn, uh, us and our kids are being told, forced, what to do, what to believe, what to think, all that sort of thing. It's enemy sowing tears. The devil will specifically go for the ones whose fathers are absent, who are vacant, who are weak, who aren't spiritually in tune, you know, that sort of thing. So this is not a, not a negative on anyone or anything, but it's it's a call to, to grab a hold of something and rise up into it. And when we know God, when we know Him, we know our position. Uh, we need to be present enough in our child's life that both the child and the threat knows we're a threat. So does that make sense? So Archie had this instant, you know, this is a bit of a little one, but he came in and he goes, oh, he's right into his music and his rap and that sort of thing. And he's like, oh, um, 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 talking to this guy in America on some chat thing uh, who wants to collaborate on a song with me. Excited as all get out. And my very first reaction was, oh, that's exciting. And before I even got the words out, I went, I was like, shut it down, stop it, no way. And uh, we either Zoom with this guy, with Mum, me and Archie, or it's off, you know. Now, he could have been a really nice guy. I don't know. I don't know. But the things that happened afterwards, he was a bit of a weird cat, so probably a good decision. But, um, but you've got it, we've got to be on it. And sometimes we can be busy day, whatever's going on, we, we get home, we crash, we're vacant, I'm guilty of this and something's going on in the background, you kind of just leave it. You know, got to be on, on to things. You know, does this, is this all right? Is this picking up? And I just really reckon in this time and season, I just want to really highlight the men and pick the men up. You got to stand up. You got to know your position in God and you got to lead the way. And uh, don't be a, like I said, don't be a buff head about it, but be a threat in the right way. Be a threat in the right way. We need to be present enough in our family and our child's lives and our church. You know, we need to be the same with our church, same with our family. So we've got to rise up, we've got to pray. That's why prayer is so important. We've got to be uh, active, we've got to be present. You know, if we're not praying, uh, then something's amiss. 
something's wrong. If we're not reading our word, something's wrong, something's amiss. You know, you can't get to know God on a deeper level if you don't pray, if you don't read your word, if you don't know who He is. You know, so then when the enemy comes and sows tears, you're like, oh, is that really a big deal? Is that really a problem? Oh, maybe, maybe not, whatever. And we kind of abdicate our responsibility. So it's not being, you know, crazy over the top, but there's a real seriousness about this. And that's just why I felt to sort of bring it out this morning. Number four, final point. When we know Him, and let's maybe get the musicians up and, uh, and be good just to finish off with some worship. Yeah, yeah, do that one. So number four, when we know Him, there's a way through. Now, there's probably a, a lot more points that you could do to this, but this is just something that's really come out to me, you know, particularly in Pastor Brian and, and uh, message the other week and Heidi's message. But when we know Him, there is a way through. So John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So He is the way. So to know Him gives us the way through. Always a way through. There's a way through anything. There's a way through everything. When we know Him, Rapha, our healer. When we know Him as our shepherd, you know, our companion and our friend. When we know Him as our peace and our banner, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. When we know Him like this, we have something to fight with. And when we've got something to fight with, there's always a way through. So if we don't know Him as our provider, we've got nothing to draw on. You know, if we don't know Him as our banner or our peace or um, the God Almighty or, you know, whatever it is, if we don't know this, there's nothing to fight with. Isaiah, I've got a lot of scriptures this morning. Isaiah 43, 16. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Who's ever tried to, who's ever been, who's ever swum at sea spray and tried to fight the, uh, the undertow? Yeah, not a good idea. Not a good idea. In fact, someone in this, not here today, I don't think, but someone in our crew uh, I don't think he tried to fight it, but he got caught up in one and, and really an angel saved him. An amazing story, he's still here. Uh, you don't try and fight that sort of thing. The, 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 the sea, the ocean is just, it's powerful. But God, He makes a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. There's always a way through. From the hardened atheist to the absolute broken. You know, the demoniac, uh, the region was completely locked down. I think it talks about in the Gospel, they had, they, people couldn't pass through, uh, through that way um, to the city because this guy was just nuts and crazy and would just fully attack the people and, and go crazy. So it's completely locked down. But one encounter, one introduction to Jesus and everything began to change. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote most of the New Testament, absolute, um, um, hardcore guy doing what he believed was right, killing Christians, uh, one encounter and everything, the veil was taken away from his eyes. In fact, that one encounter, 
Pastor Brian's spoken on that a number of times about, you know, what you know, he believes that he saw in that one encounter, but it changed him and it began to change the way he operated and he began to become a threat to the enemy in the right way. You know, I'm just, even now, just while I'm talking, thinking about different ones in this room where uh, there's been a way through. You know, Davo, where's Davo gone? Oh, there you are. Look at that, there's a way through. Whoever thought, however many years ago, completely lost and bound in another state. Uh, and, you know, one, one phone call uh, with someone that knows Jesus, who carries Christ, uh, began to change and transform this man's life. You know, it starts there. It's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Um, when we know Him, there's a way through. There's a way through. And I hope that helps this morning. I hope that really encourages you this, encourages you this morning. You know, Michael and Yvonne, there's a way through. Talking about way back when you were hippies. Yeah. And today too. <laughs> there's a way through. There's a way through. You know, each and every one of us would have a, a story of a, a small or a significant, whatever it is, encounter with someone or, you know, that carries Christ uh, or Christ Himself uh, that began to direct your way. You know, I know, I know for me, like, I was just, I was thinking about this through the week, like, I never heard a booming voice from heaven uh, about the direction for my life. But when I look back, um, I, I know two things. One, there was always, even in my lost state, there was a real desire for God. Uh, even though I was doing the wrong things, I knew I was doing the wrong things, uh, and I was still doing those wrong things and, and living my life and everything, there was something on the inside that desired God. The second thing was, somehow in that, He directed my steps. Because when I think back, I never heard God say, go to sale. I never heard God say, marry Heidi. I never heard God, you know, all these significant decisions. It sounds bad. But I, there was just this, it was just like God led me. And when I look back, I'm just like, oh, wow. That step, that step, that step, God just really looked after me and led me. This step, this step, this step, God just really looked after me and led me. So everyone's different. You know, God might speak to you and go, this is the one. You know, Michael Rao in a sea of however many hundreds of PNGians, Papua New Guineans, that's the one. What? What? <laughs> that's the one. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. But when we know Him, there's a way through. There is a way through. Amen.